This is Sports Talk with Phil Cordblue, Chris Bergen, and Pat Daniel. Sports Talk is heard across the state on radio affiliates of the Sports Talk Media Network and is streaming live on SportsTalkSE.com as well as Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. The South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number to call in is 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now, here are Phil, Chris, and Pat with tonight's edition of Sports Talk. All right, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Sports Talk. Happy Thanksgiving to you as you head out and about on this Thanksgiving Eve for 2022. We are live with you tonight on Sports Talk as we continue the countdown to the Palmetto Bowl on Saturday. South Carolina and Clemson getting ready to go at it one more time in a big ball game for both teams. Clemson trying to beat the Gamecocks for an eighth straight time and win impressively to impress the college football playoff committee. The Gamecocks trying to break that losing streak to the Tigers, trying to get to eight wins in the regular season, enhance their bowl situation. Probably at this point in time, the way things stand for the Gamecocks, looks like the Gator Bowl for them would be the logical uh, placement. Uh, Clemson with a win in the uh, ACC championship game over North Carolina, uh, headed to the Orange Bowl. Many think the Tigers will be paired with Alabama. Still some work to be done for Clemson, however. So, we're happy you're with us. Pat Daniel is back in the Dave & Buster Studios in Columbia. I am on location. And Chris Bergen joins us from that other Columbia, Columbia, Missouri, because he's got basketball tonight between Coastal Carolina and Mizzou. And he'll be with us for just a, a few minutes before he takes off for his duties there. If you want to join us, our phone number, 888 that is the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number for you here tonight on Sports Talk. You can get through and give us your your predictions on the game coming up on Saturday. If you haven't had a chance to get through, I know we've been jammed up and busy. Haven't had a chance to get through. We'll have time to take your phone calls. We've got Chalk Talk with Chuck Reedy and Ellis Johnson coming up. The pastor of pain, Corey Miller, will join us as well, plus comments from the Offensive coordinators, Marcus Satterfield and Brandon Streeter. And we've got recruiting for you, too. And a look at the college basketball scoreboard tonight also. So we are loaded up, jacked up, pumped up. We're like a stuffed turkey here on the eve of Thanksgiving for 2022. Speaking of uh, stuffed turkeys, let's welcome in Chris Bergen from uh, Columbia, Missouri, home of the uh, Missouri Tigers. And you can hear the noise in the background as he joins us from the Mizzou Arena. Coastal Carolina about to take on the Missouri Tigers. More on that in a moment. But I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving while you're on the road. I know you'll um, be back, I guess, in South Carolina tomorrow to join your family and enjoy that. So safe travels. But as you get ready to um, look ahead to South Carolina Clemson football coming up this weekend, Chris, what are your thoughts about the way things have have been talked about this week and the way things might play out in that game coming up on Saturday. Well, I will echo your sentiments, Phil, with you and your family and Pat and his family. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners as well. We're actually flying back tomorrow. I'm going to have Thanksgiving meal with my other family, the Coastal Carolina men's basketball team. We're actually mm. going to be eating about 30 or so tomorrow afternoon over in Conway, so that'll be a fun, fun opportunity. My wife has been invited as well, so I want to thank uh, Coach Ellis and his staff for including us in the uh, Thanksgiving festivities tomorrow. So one thing, if, if you want to be a Division I men's basketball player, 
factor in that you never get a break for any of the holidays. You miss fall break. You miss Thanksgiving. You miss Christmas. You miss New Year's. You miss spring break, too, if you've had a really good season. So uh, just factor that in when you're thinking that when you turn on the tube tomorrow and watch the NFL teams, but also as you've been watching throughout Feast Week, tons of basketball, these kids give up a lot of stuff and a lot of family time to do what they love. But in terms of the uh, Gamecocks and uh, Tigers, I was talking about South Carolina yesterday, so I'll flip it over and, and give you my take on Clemson. I think it's pretty simple for the Tigers. Shorten up, simplify your offense as well, and go to what you do well, what they did at the end of last season, go back to the running game. I don't think DJ needs to throw it all that much on Saturday. Their rushing attack has been outstanding. South Carolina has been terrible against the run, even in the Tennessee game. And you know, we laud the praises of what the offense did, but I mean, Tennessee was able to move it pretty well offensively. I think if the Tigers just lean heavily on Will Shipley and Phil Moffa and don't turn it over, as Pat pointed out last night, turnovers have been a, a big problem for them of late. But if they don't turn it over and they lean heavily on that run game, I'm not sure South Carolina can stop them enough for their offense to score enough against Clemson's D. But what if the Gamecocks do force turnovers? And what if what if Rattler is on his game like he was against uh, Tennessee? Uh, Marcus Satterfield told us today that in practice mm, this week, maybe combined or maybe it was yesterday, uh, he said Rattler – through like 60, 65 passes, every one of them was caught except for one. There was one drop. He said no balls hit the ground except for one. In other words, he said he is locked in just like he was. He said he sensed a couple of days before the Tennessee game. Rattler was really locked in, uh, had the game plan down pat, knew exactly what he wanted to do and where he was going to go with the football. And he's sensing kind of the same thing here in practice this week. What if? The Gamecocks are locked in and moving the ball, and what if they create some turnovers? Well, they've got a terrific chance, and that's the formula to beat Clemson is to force some turnovers, get some short fields, punch it in offensively. And if Spencer Rattler plays the way he did last Saturday up at Clemson this Saturday, that will be an awfully impressive performance. And I'm not sure Clemson has seen a quarterback dialed in as well as Rattler was this season. They've seen an offense in Notre Dame, but it was basically on the ground and using that humongous offensive line. But I don't know that they've seen a quarterback that could duplicate what Rattler did on, on against Tennessee. And if uh, Marcus Satterfield, if that is actually true and not just coach speak to try and you know, keep the confidence up of Rattler, that's certainly good news for the Gamecocks on Saturday. All right, we'll talk more about that coming up in the bottom of the hour with our Chalk Talk segment with uh, Chuck Reedy and Ellis Johnson and get their thoughts on the game. And uh, we'll give you our picks here coming up probably on Friday uh, when we go over everything and what everybody has to say about uh, the game coming up this weekend. What about your basketball game tonight, Chris? Before you cut away from us, Coastal had a disappointing loss uh, last week on the road at Upstate. Had a lead late and lost it, and Upstate won that game. And now you're really stepping up in competition big time tonight, taking on Mizzou. No question about that, Phil. And I think Missouri may be one of the early surprises in the basketball season at 5-0. and And they are scoring points in bunches. They've got a brand-new coach, of course. Fonzo Martin let go after last season. Dennis Gates comes over to take over the job here from Cleveland State. And all he's done is put a high-powered offense out on the field, or excuse me, out on the floor. And they have been scoring points in bunches. Now, albeit, much like Coastal, with the exception of the Upstate game, Coastal hasn't really tested itself against quality competition to date. Neither has Missouri. They played some uh, 
teams that you wouldn't look as potential NCAA tournament teams at any level, including, like, for instance, Southern Indiana, maybe the best team they've seen thus far. They've beaten Penn and uh, Southern Illinois University at Evansville and those type teams. So uh, I don't know that Coastal is a major step up from those teams, but Missouri is a really, really good team. And one thing that Cliff Ellis has stressed to his basketball team since before we left on Monday was transition defense. They have got to get back in the paint, slow these guys down because Missouri loves to run. And a name that uh, Clemson Tiger fans may recognize, uh, Nick Honor. Transferred here to Missouri, the uh, shooting guard. He's seven points shy of eclipsing 1,000 points in his career. So he's having a, a nice you know, coming out party, if you will, a little bit more here in Missouri as he wraps up his collegiate basketball career. And I was kind of surprised, Phil. I didn't think there would be many people here at the arena. But when we arrived about 4.30 local time, 5.30 back home, there was a, a small sampling of the student body who evidently have combined their fan base and the, they're the antlers. That's what they're wearing on their shirts. Huh. They have no idea what that means to Missouri. But they have immediately started harassing the uh, coastal players, the coaching staff, anybody they could get their hands on. And one of the guys has a sign. I don't know if it's a slight of us Southerners, but one sign says, Cranberry sauce sucks. I can't necessarily disagree with him, but I didn't realize that cranberry sauce was a Southern staple, much like they served us unsweetened tea earlier today. Now, you want to talk about something that stinks. Yeah. There you go, unsweetened tea. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that cranberry was limited to the uh, to the deep south. I thought it was more of an international <laughs> plate. I happen to love cranberry, and I'll probably eat a ton of it uh, tomorrow. Uh, before we let you go, Jamie Chadwell had his uh, weekly press conference today, uh, getting ready for James Madison, hitting the road after having an unexpected off weekend last weekend. Uh, what were some of the highlights? Does he um, feel like his guys are, are focused after – uh, having their minds off football for a little while, and they've gotten back in in rhythm and ready to go, even though they won't have Grayson McCall on Saturday. Yeah, he actually made that statement relatively early. They got an update, and they they're hoping that Grayson is out of the boot. He's continuing his rehab off that uh, foot injury he suffered against Appalachian State a couple of weeks ago, but he'll not be ready for Saturday. They are hoping to get him back for the uh, Sun Belt Championship game next weekend. Now. That could be at Coastal, and that's why this weekend is such a big, big ball game. James Madison doesn't have anything to play for because they cannot go to the postseason, nor can they win the uh, conference. But theoretically, they could win the Sun Belt East Division Championship by tying with Coastal if they were to win on Saturday. So they'd have the head-to-head. -head. So that would be something they could brag on. But uh, Jamie Chanwell talked about how good James Madison is on both sides of the uh, football, how good they have played at home. It'll be a, a terrific challenge for them. He feels like the off week actually, in, in retrospect, probably helped them because they're getting back uh, Jared Brown, one of their wide receivers who is dinged up. They hope to have him back on Saturday. So it's helped out a little bit on the injury front, but he understands they've got a, a tall task in front of them on Saturday at James Madison. Okay, we'll let you go and get ready for your broadcast on the uh, Coastal Carolina Network, and you have a safe travels back to South Carolina. Happy Thanksgiving with the uh, Coastal Carolina folks, and uh, we'll touch base with you tomorrow and then hear from you on Friday as well as we head into the weekend of the, of the football game. Take care of yourself. Have a great call. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate that. Pat, you too. Uh, you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Looking forward to Friday for sure because we've got such great high school football Friday night with the Upper Lowell State Championship games and then, of course, the big one on Saturday up at uh, Death Valley. So uh, looking forward to this weekend for sure.
Now, hang on. If you uh, got a second, uh, Pat tells us he can explain the antlers at Missouri basketball. Yeah, before you go, ah. before you go there, Chris, uh, make sure to hide your cell phone. Try not to share your number with anybody out there. So the history, the antlers were formed back in 1976. Uh, originally, there were 11 courtside seats that were permitted to be used for the students at Missouri. And at the time, all the other prime seats and whatever were for the major financial contributors like in other places. Well, the group of students together formed a group that then became known as the Antlers, uh, formed by Jeff Gordon, who's now a sports writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and a guy named Rob the Hammer Banning. Huh. Well, well, what they do is they have this dance that actually stems from an old Saturday Night Live skit back from the, I think it was in the 70s at some point. But um, the reason I know about this is just seeing it on TV over and over. What they do is they somehow obtain phone numbers of opposing coaches and players and then they they call them repeatedly the night before to keep them up all night and that day and then during the game they usually hold up posters with the name and phone number on it trying to get other fans to constantly essentially blow up those people's phones throughout the game and annoy them Uh, most notably back in 2003 a missouri kansas game both teams were ranked in the top 10. Uh, apparently they leaked roy williams's phone number to tens of thousands of people and he reportedly smashed his phone or something because it just would not stop ringing all night the night before. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's outstanding. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what makes college athletics what it is, right, guys? I mean, that kind of fan base. And, uh, yeah, I was telling Daryl Oran from uh, Coastal Sports Info, I was just glad we our names weren't on the roster because they have picked on the players, they have picked on the assistant coaches, they have picked on the director of basketball operations. Anybody they could find a name under the uh, CCU side of the coin, they have at least talked to so far here. And, again, they were here about 4.30 when we arrived. The game doesn't tip off until 6. Okay, sir. Enjoy yourself. Talk to you on Friday. Look forward to it, guys. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. Very creative people out there in Missouri. They obviously don't have a lot of things to do out there, so that's uh, very creative on the the part of their basketball guys. Um, In basketball today, we've got several college games, several finals, including a win by the Citadel against New Orleans. And Ed Conroy going back to his old town because he was the coach at Tulane and the Citadel. Beat New Orleans today, 72-65. Austin Ash had 19 points for the Bulldogs. So uh, they are playing some pretty good basketball here early on. And Winthrop defeated Eastern Michigan 101-87. Corey Hightower, 23 points for the Eagles. And Wofford defeated North Greenville 70-59. Jackson Pavletsky, 18 points to lead the Terriers to that win. And Kentucky has beaten North Florida 96-56. We've got a number of ACC and SEC teams in action tonight. We'll go through those scores as they pop up. College of Charleston is underway against uh, Kent State and is trailing early 8-4. The Cougars off to a 5-1 start. So, love to hear from you. you got time to jump on board here and throw in some comments about the ball game coming up Saturday. Who do you think is going to win, the Gamecocks or the Tigers? Our poll question of the week has been um, well-received to this point, and the question is, Clemson a 14-point favorite, considering how South Carolina played against Tennessee. What is now your opinion on what will happen Saturday? Great eight, Clemson romps. Finally, a close game. 
found some joy. USC wins, and the voting has been in that order. 37.4% see the Tigers winning eight in a row and romping. 32% see a close game could go either way. And 30.6% believe they have found some joy at USC, and the Gamecocks will end that streak and beat the Tigers on Saturday. Your thoughts, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number here on Sports Talk. And since 2002, more than $4.2 billion in lottery proceeds have been used to fund scholarships and grants for South Carolina students. Learn more about the lottery's impact at sceducationlottery.com slash education wins and playing for fun is a win for education. All right, got a lot of calls lining up. Let's hit the break, and we'll come back and take some of these phone calls and hear what you have to say about the game coming up on Saturday or anything else that might be on your mind sports-wise tonight. A reminder, no sports talk tomorrow night. We'll be off for Thanksgiving, but back with you live on Friday. We'll be at Dave and Buster's in Greenville. We invite you to come by and visit with us. Say hello. Introduce yourself. Have something to drink and eat at uh, Dave & Buster's 1025 Woodruff Road in Greenville. Look forward to seeing you there Friday night, and we'll be back after this break. If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it with real people? At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents ready to provide personal service when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, Buddy Bridges and Farm Bureau Insurance have the right policy for you. Call Buddy today in Lawrence County at 864-923-2174. South Carolina Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Hi, I'm State Treasurer Curtis Loftus, and I've got a great gift idea that requires zero shopping, the gift of college savings. Future Scholar, South Carolina's 529 College Savings Plan makes it easy. Grandparents, friends, and family can all contribute to a Future Scholar account and know that they're providing a gift that will last a lifetime. If you're looking for the perfect gift this holiday season, look no further. Learn more about the smart, easy way to save and give this holiday season at futurescholar.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at sccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. Hope, life, and the Great Palmetto. What do these things have in common? Scholarship dollars. The SC Hope, the Life, and the Palmetto Fellow Scholarships are funded by the lottery players of this great state. 
And after 20 years, you've invested over $7 billion in education. $7 billion. Impressive. The South Carolina Education Lottery. When you play, we all win. Okay, let's get to your phone calls, 888-898-2525. Let's be quick. If you haven't given us prediction, give us that up front, and then we'll move through your call and move to the next. Rodney in Mount Pleasant, welcome in. Happy Thanksgiving, and you're on Sports Talk. Good to have you with us. Greetings, um, everyone. Um, uh, Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there in the listening audience as well. Um, Wanted to just give a... um, I guess a quick guess how it'll go. I I think Clemson should um, take care of business. Um, hopefully it'll be a closer game than, you know, it has been. But for the most part, the, the Tigers should take care of things. I wanted to finish up, if I could, with the Bulldogs um, season. Um, I thought it – I can't remember because I've been in and out listening to you as far as this week. But mm-hmm. um, it was, I guess – one of those kind of silver lining type things as far as with the the death of the the athletes um, up at Virginia. But I don't know if you heard one of the plays as far as that went for a touchdown in the the Bulldogs game, Torin Singletary, who was the actual quarterback on the the high school team at Woodland, threw a, um, I can't remember whether it's a reverse or high of it was, but he's a receiver um, there at State, and he threw a, a touchdown pass um, in the the game, so okay, all right. So um, so hold on, just a moment. Um, so it was um a thing that was I thought real well as far as for that weekend how it it worked out that that was something that highlighted how the um um how the the game went in regards to honoring um the the fallen um, athletes up at Virginia. Yeah, yeah, that was tough, of course, and um, excellent point that you brought up. Thank you for doing that. Real quick, you want to give right. us an actual score on the Clemson-South Carolina game? Nah. Give me some uh, digits. Why not? Give me some digits. 28-17, Tigers. Clemson, 28-17. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Let's All continue. Right. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, and let's uh, continue want to get in as many calls as we can before we get to a chalk talk. Then we'll continue with more calls after that. So be patient with us. Uh, we go next to uh, Tiger Brian. Tiger Brian in Lancaster. Happy Thanksgiving to you. I pity, I pity any turkey that's in the vicinity of your house tomorrow. Well, I'll tell you what, my wife, she's done run me to the grocery store about four or five times a day. She starts cooking the night before, you know. Mm. Man, I'm telling you what, last time I had to go, she needed a stick of butter. I'm like, come on, man. I've been there three times. Give me a list. Give me a rundown on what uh, your your spread will look like tomorrow. I told you. I told you it's going to be 31 17. No, 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 no. Your food, your food spread tomorrow. Oh, Not the Clemson oh, spread. Your food spread. Uh, Y'all ever heard of this one, uh, woman from Alabama, Miss Brenda, that goes on there cooking stuff on internet, whatever? She has that. Uh, she has real good uh, 
dressing. Mm-hmm. All made dressing. Mm-hmm. She has uh, macaroni and cheese. We got five. We've been pulled turnips and collard greens yesterday, buddy, in my house. It grows. Yep. Uh, nice. She have a, uh, man, uh, green bean casserole. She'll cook enough for an army and ain't about 12 of us eat, don't we? But, mm. but we, we leaving out to go back fishing Greenwood, Greenwood's, uh, Lake Greenwood Sunday, so... I ain't got to pack too many groceries because we don't have enough leftovers. You know what I mean? But uh, I understand. Uh, now, what time are you heading up to the valley? On the are you going up Friday night or Saturday? Uh, we're not going to the valley this year because we're going we're going to Greenwood camping for a week. You know, oh. Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I couldn't afford them tickets. Them people wanted all that money for them. You know, if I had your money and your uh, yeah, and your uh. Clout. I'll be up there in that thing. I'm sweet like you do. You know what I mean? You be, you're like a king. Yeah. No, they, they treat me like a joker, to be quite honest with you. All right. Thank you, uh, Tiger Brian. Happy Thanksgiving and back in a moment. These two guys should know the words to that song because that song used to resonate uh, through their ears. Of course, they should know the Gamecock fight song, too, because that song used to resonate through their ears. In fact, these two guys have a lot of checks they've stuffed in shoeboxes from both schools. How'd that work out? That's, that's pretty cool. Uh, let's welcome in another edition of Chalk Talk, perhaps the most important edition of the year of Chalk Talk. We have two football studs with us chuck reedy and ellis johnson first of all let me wish you both a, a happy thanksgiving with your families and your food and everything and i hope it's uh, just a great holiday for you uh coach reedy welcome in how are you i'm doing great phil and uh happy thanksgiving to you as well thank you thank you how do you like your turkey you like it how how do you prepare your turkey anyway but i'm cooking on the big green egg this time. <laughs> Coach Johnson, Coach Johnson, welcome in to you, sir. Happy holidays. How are you? Same to you. I'm doing fine. I don't have any checks left over. I, all I got is a couple of uh, bowl rings and some jackets and T-shirts. That's about all I got. <laughs> well, are you going to put them on eBay one day or what? <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm afraid. <laughs> and, and how do you prefer your turkey? I hate, I shouldn't even say this. I don't like turkey. I mean, I will eat it, but I don't like turkey. I like ham. I like beef. I like pork. I like, uh, you know, I'm not a big turkey guy, but I'll eat some tomorrow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow I'm not surprised by that answer. Okay. Uh, Chuck, um, boy, the Gamecock offense, you've been around offense, I guess, you know, your entire life. You've seen a lot of them. You've coached a lot of them. You ever seen one perform quite like they did against Tennessee? No, that's one of the best performances I've seen. Um, certainly, I mean, if you didn't know any better, I mean, you you'd have thought they were, you know, they were they were a team, you know, ranked in the top two or three in the country. Yeah. Um, very impressive. Um, you know, they 
Um, I, I don't know how you can go from being really bad to being really, really good, but, but they, you know, they found a way to do it. Is it simple enough, as I've tried to be simple because I'm a simple man with a simple brain, is it <laughs> simple enough that just 11 guys they had on the field at any one time, they just they all played at their best, and they just, you know, it just, it just all came together for them in a 60-minute period? Yeah, um, I, I think there's a couple things. You know, I, I think they went into the game offensively knowing they were going to have to score a lot of points. So they went in with kind of an attitude, we're going to let it all hang out. You know, they had a couple fourth downs early that they went for and made, um, you know, which which helped. And, you know, uh, offense, uh, I think the that confidence is, is the, the, the best thing that an offense can have. And, and, and when, when an offense is, is confident in, first of all, in the game plan, which, you know, a lot of times, you know, a team will go into a game and, 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 and the players may not really be sold on the game plan. But in this case, you know, I, I feel like they went into the game and the players were all had bought into the game plan. They believed in the game plan and they went in there with a lot of confidence and then confidence builds on confidence. The more success they had, the more confident they got. And, you know, it just it carried through the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rattler, you know, I mean, you know, I've, I've said last week he's an average quarterback. Well, he wasn't an average quarterback the other night. I mean, he he was the guy that, you know, that, that everybody thought they were getting. Um, you know, I mean, he threw the ball. I mean, he was on target. He was on time. Uh, you know, he was a guy that was playing with a lot of confidence, and, you know, that's kind of what I'm talking about. Uh, Ellis, defensively for the Gamecocks, and I think you might have talked about this last week too, they challenged the defense. They put the corners, the defensive backs, you know, on the so-called island and, and said go cover their guys the, the best of your ability. And you guys up front, you handle the rush. Uh, and, and it, you know, they gave up a bunch of yards, but everybody's going to give up yards to Tennessee, and they're going to give up points, but they – they did enough to allow the offense in a complimentary way to um, to get a little bit of a spread going, and then the game got away. So what did you think of the defensive strategy and how they executed it? I, I thought they played good. I, I, I think, again, I think the offensive performance just overshadowed the defense. If you're a football team who gets 11 possessions and you score five touchdowns, two field goals, only punt three times, and get stopped on downs once, you think you win that ball game. And that's what Carolina gave up. They gave up over 500 yards. They gave up 152 yards rushing, and they had given up over 105 rushing at the half. So they had a key takeaway, and they were playing with an offense that scored every time they had the ball. So I don't want to put any kind of damper on what was an absolutely fantastic night for Carolina. Mm-hmm. The defense was still average. And, and just, you know, any way you shape, you can say how good Tennessee is on offense. That's fine, but they did not. The one thing they did, I think Tennessee was 5 of 12 on third down. So I don't think they played bad. I think they played about as well as they could play. But they just happened to be on the bench with a bunch of guys that scored points the other night, just, you know, out of their mind. Would you play the same defensive strategy against Clemson? Saturday, would you do the same man coverage and just put Cam Smith on, I don't know, maybe Antonio Williams and, and have Darius Rush on Ngata and uh, have, a, have a, somebody assigned you the tight end um, and, just, and just challenge him that way? Would you, would you go about it the same way? 
I don't know. And, and I know that Buffs had a good plan uh, because they won the game. But at the same time, they get ready to play a different team. And I don't know if they had any kind of plan that was so unusual that they got away from their base scheme. Uh, it's going to boil down against Clemson as, as to whether they can force DJ into some turnovers. And then the, can, they, can they slow down that running game? Uh, Tennessee has a good running game. Statistically, it's a very good running game, but it lived off of the fast pace and the explosive passes. Well, they gave up 152 yards to Tennessee. Uh, they're not going to score the way they did the other night on offense. I don't think they will. But So they're going to have to play a little bit better against the running game than they played the last five weeks. Chuck, let's go to the Clemson offense. Um, I thought they looked – the part I was able to watch before heading to a, the stadium at South Carolina – uh, they looked very sharp. They came right out, went right down the field. Um, they survived uh, an overthrow by Miami that would have been a touchdown for them, went right back down the field, scored again. I, I thought Clemson came out of the gate very sharp offensively with Uyunglele. They got a little sloppy later on. They, they fumbled the ball quite a bit. I don't know if that's uh, just one of those days for them or, or if that's really a problem they'll carry in to Saturday. What would you take away from watching their offense against Miami? Yeah, I mean, I thought their offense—they played played well early. Um, you know, their their you know, quarterback has become a real, real factor running the football. And I think that's really one of the one of the real keys to their offense. Um, you know, but you know, it, 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 it's about like they've been all year. I mean, they they have really good. You know, they they have good uh, moments and and they play really well for a stretch. And you know, and then they kind of you know kind of, you know, shut down for a while. And and you mentioned the turnovers. I mean, they, they've, you know, that's become a problem the last, you know, last four or five weeks. And, you know, you can get by with, with, with three fumbles. I think they lost or and, and had some that they didn't lose that could have really, really been a problem. Um, but, you know, and you can get by against Miami, but you're not going to get by with, with three turnovers against a good football team. And so, you know, they need to correct that. But, you know, it was a good performance for them. Um, you know, they scored 40 points. I guess one of them was late, but, you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Well, look, the last time the Gamecocks beat Clemson, 2013, Tigers turned it over six times, I think, that particular day. So South Carolina would certainly uh, benefit from having the turnovers come their way and, and win the turnover battle. But it Every team would. Let me ask you this this question, Chuck. I've asked a couple of people this. Um, now, I don't know what – it's supposed to be rainy and maybe the sun's not going to be a factor. and Maybe this isn't even a question that you have to consider. I don't know. But, obviously, you coached, you know, hundreds of games. Well, maybe not hundreds, but a bunch of games there at, at Death Valley over the years. Uh, in the fourth quarter, as you well know, a 12 o'clock kickoff, a little bit after 3 o'clock, Sun's going to be over in the west if there is a sun. Did you care which direction the offense was moving that that part of the afternoon in that stadium? Did you want to be moving a certain direction? I mean, I would have to. I would have a hard time going back and remember. But I do know that that was something that we discussed. Mm. Um, You know, and and it has been a factor. I mean, you know, there have been guys that have have lost the ball. You know, in the sun. Um, you know, so yeah, I would say, yes, that is something that, you know, you, um, you would like to consider. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to control, 
you know, where you're going to be going in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, it, that can be a factor. Um, you know, it's not, not a big factor, but it certainly could be a factor. Yeah. Again, it might not even be a question because it could be cloudy and there might not be any sun out there and it might be, might be wet. Um, Ellis, uh, the Tigers gave up a total of 98 yards to Miami. I know Miami was shorthanded at quarterback, and that was a problem, and banged up at running back. But just the um, the technical approach by Clemson, the the, uh, the the physical attack, and the emotional attitude of the team on defense. Uh, what did you see from them? And they'll have uh, they should have Brian Bressy back available for them this week. Yeah, I think they've sort of been trying to find out what they're really good at as they moved along. I don't think they leaned on their front enough early in the season. Uh, they've got some young players out back, and then they've lost one player out back. So uh, nothing very severe, I mean, as far as the personnel back there. But they had a few guys back there that are not the, not the best players they have. Mm-hmm. Go, to your, go, go to your guys and get it done, and I think that's what they did. And, Obviously, it was effective. Now, Miami has not been good on offense this year. This game was sort of like the entire opposite picture of what the South Carolina game was. Clemson's defense was as dominant in this game as South Carolina's offense was in that game. But it hadn't happened all year on either one of those. So both of these football teams have been anything but consistent this year. And it, it may be a, a, you know, a heck of a ball game because of that. But it's, it's a pretty good day when you give up one three-play drive for 10 yards for the only touchdown in the game, and you also score on defense. So it was impressive, but, again, it was against a team that has not been very consistent on offense. So I think they're really good on defense still. The only thing is that they do have their little lapses from time to time and let the other team sort of get their, get their momentum going, and I think that's the biggest thing they've got to fight. Uh, going into this game, it's just got to be successful. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Satterfield said today that one of the running backs, Lloyd or Beal Smith, he wouldn't say which one. He's going to leave that up to Beamer. But he believed at least one, if not both, but at least one would be available to play on Saturday coming off their injury. So, Ellis, what do you think uh, Wes Goodwin's going to – dial up defensively for Clemson, what what do you think he'll try to take away from South Carolina? Is he going to bring a lot of pressure and try and, and get Rattler on the move and, and get him make him uncomfortable, but uh, you know leave themselves maybe susceptible to some deep shots, or do you think he'll play more zone and, and sit back a little bit and, um, and keep everything in front? I think he'll mix it, but I think overall it's going to be a high percentage of pressure. Now, what is that? 40%, 60%, I don't know. But I think they're going to try to pressure. If they if they take control of this game, it'll be up in the front seven. And that's where they're going to have to beat Carolina. And Tennessee wasn't good enough to do it. Uh, Clemson is. But can they get it done? Uh, the return of the running backs, they had their best night the other night. Neither one of those guys played as far as I know. Mm-hmm. I thought the thing that Carolina did the other night, in addition to Rattler playing out of his mind, they got D.K. Joyner involved in the game plan. He showed up at Wildcat. He showed up on the jet sweep. And I think it keeps the defensive uh, play call a little off balance when you're getting that kind of mixture. So, I don't know. I mean, if I was Marcus, I'd go back to what they did the other night and at least give it a chance to see if he had the best players touching the ball the most times on the field. And that's what they did the other night. It worked out pretty good. Yeah. Chuck, I was going to ask you that. <clears throat> 
if you're Marcus Satterfield, uh, do you go be, take the game plan that you had against Tennessee, even though you're playing a much better defense here, you know, deeper, stronger, faster, but do you go with the same kind of game plan and with the same uh, concept in terms of play calling and getting all these different people? They had 12 different guys catch passes. I think they had seven different guys uh, carry the football, two different guys through the football. You try and do that against Clemson and, and try and stick with it? Is that, is that the approach? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I think they go into this game the same way. Hey, we're going to let it all hang out. We're, we're not going to hold anything back. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, obviously, um, you know, they're, they're a, an underdog. I mean, they're playing at Clemson. They hadn't beat them since, uh, what, I guess eight, nine years. Um, you know, you, you let it all hang out there, and, and certainly, um, you know, if they can go in with that attitude and have some success early, you know, then they'll have a chance. Now, you know, I, I of course, I'm a Marshawn, you know, I'm a, I'm a Lloyd, you know, I'm a, a big fan of his, and mm-hmm. I think if, if, you know, if he's able to play, if he's full speed and can play, that that's just a huge, you know, bonus for him. And, uh, you know, and use, use Bell, um, you know, in a lot of ways, move him around and, and utilize him, um, you know, whether it be running or, or receiving. Chuck, would you think that uh, Clemson has spent uh, extra time working on special teams and special teams preparations for the Gamecocks this week? I would I surely would hope so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they've got good coaches at Clemson, and, you know, they, they've watched tape. Um, yeah. They'll they'll be uh, they've spent a lot of time and I'm sure they'll be you know I would think they would be expecting uh, Carolina to to do things in the kicking game, um, but you know you you would have thought Florida would have thought that too and and uh, you know and they were able to, to to score a touchdown on the punt team so you know but yeah I'm I'm sure that they have put a lot of time in. All right, uh, Ellis, let me ask you this: uh, Of course, your alma mater, the Citadel. Did not renew the contract to Brent Thompson on Monday. Made that announcement, so they are they are looking. I'm assuming you're you're not a candidate this time. No, <laughs> I was asked to serve on some kind of advisory committee, and I think even that fell through. So I don't think <laughs> I'm going to be considered for the head coaching job. <laughs> I will say I was not not in favor of the uh, non renewal, and it's very disappointing. Oh. They keep changing coaches, but they don't. They yeah. don't change anything else. Oh, so you were you wanted Brent to be uh, extended? You were in favor of him returning? Sure, yeah. absolutely. I've seen them play several times. They're well coached. They're disciplined. They don't have a bunch of stupid penalties, substitution issues, uh, whatever else you want to say. I mean, he, he ain't the problem. Okay, so they can keep switching coaches. Phil, you're in a NASCAR race and you hit the wall in the third turn and you come to the pit and you got a bent fender cutting your tire and your engine's leaking oil and they change drivers and send it right back out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what I wanted to ask you is, do you think, because I've seen like Everett Sands name come up and, um, uh, and others, you know, Citadel men, and they talk about getting a Citadel man sometimes. Do you think it takes a Citadel man to win I mean, others outside the Citadel have come in and won. Mike Houston, for example. Charlie Taft wasn't a, a Citadel guy, though he was an Army guy. But does it help to be, you know, from that background to go to a place like the Citadel and win? 
Charlie went to Ithaca, so he wasn't an Army guy. He just coached up there. Well, okay. No, it has absolutely no, absolutely no. not. The only guys that have ever won a conference championship there, Eddie Teague, he wasn't a Citadel grad. Mike, he wasn't a Citadel grad. Charlie wasn't a Citadel grad. I don't think that's important at all. Now, there are a couple of guys who I think want to get in it, and I'm not going to talk the names out because somebody will think I know something. If those guys have a shot, because they both have had a relationship with them as coach player or coach coach, and I'd be behind them 100% because they're good coaches and I know a lot about them. But, no, that's not necessary at all. Do they need to get away from the triple option and get into the spread? I don't know that that's going to be a cure-all, but I'm not a three-back option guy anymore. I just I didn't do that when I took the job, and but we had to go get quarterbacks in the graduate program to find somebody to throw the ball a little bit. I just think the three-back option, uh, you, you, you've got yourself in a hole before you ever start. If you get down by 14, uh, I don't know what that game plan is, and so I refuse to run it, and I hope somebody will come in and not run it. If I'm not the mistaken, the only thing I thought Brent waited too. Brent waited a little bit too long. He started opening it up a little bit this year. Yeah, and it just was a little bit too late, too little, too late. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you were on the um, South Carolina staff when it had the winning streak against Clemson. Were you on the? Were you? When did you leave the staff? I, my last year was 2011. Okay, so you were there for the first three. What was it like? Correct. What was it like with Spurrier and just inside the, the, the program beating Clemson three years in a row when you were there? Well, it was, it was helpful, but if you remember, Coach Spurrier never really got uh, overly focused on that game. And sometimes I think that was good because he never let that become a pressure point for our players. Uh, we, we caught that thing up and took it over by recruiting. And, and you know, it, I didn't get to stay and coach all those guys, but they won two, three more. I think mm-hmm. I guess three more. Obviously. But it was all done by getting on the road and finding recruiting, and I think that's what slipped after that. And, Chuck, when you were at Clemson, by and large, you had the upper hand on the Gamecocks. What do you recall the Clemson mindset of the day when you were there about facing the Gamecocks? Yeah, well <clears> – <throat> During the, the 80s, I mean, it, it was very competitive, um, you know, especially when, when Coach Morrison came in. Um, so, yeah, it was a big deal. I mean, you know, it, it was a big deal for us. And, um, uh, you know, you, you, we had, you know, you, we had Georgia early in the year. Then we had an ACC, ACC schedule. Then we had South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that those were the, you know, obviously Georgia was a big game. And then the – the conference obviously was big, but then South Carolina at the end of the year was a big deal. So as we uh, wrap things up, uh, Chuck, let me get your thoughts on uh, the rankings this week. What would you think? The same top four, but uh, LSU is in position. They're now number five, and they've got them in position. If they win the SEC championship game, they're going to be in, I guess, with two losses. You okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I think they're certainly, um, uh, you know, the way they've played, I mean, you know, they, they, you know, they would be one of the, if they beat Georgia, <laughs> they they deserve to be in, um, you know, they would be one of the better four teams. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, if TCU wins out, they're going to be in. Um, you know, I, I think if Southern Cal wins out, um, you know, they're probably going to be in. 
Um, you know, of course, it depends on what happens with Ohio State and Michigan. You know, obviously one of them is going to lose, but I, you know, I think there is the possibility that both of them could get in if it's a close ball game. All right, Ellis. Let me ask you. Lastly, uh, Lane Kiffin to Auburn, being reported down in Mississippi by a veteran TV guy down there, who I think you probably know him, and think, I think he probably knows his stuff. Um, you feel like that's going to happen, and, and what do you think of that hire? I don't have any idea. I, I do think that sometimes these things get planted by the right people. Mm-hmm. I think it's a big distraction for him right now. I don't know that there's anything to it or not, but I think that the part coming out on TV was probably planted by somebody. Not accusing the guy that did it of being a part of it, but mm-hmm. if you get something like that from a source, you're going to let it go. Let it fly. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the same thing happened with Tommy Turville. I'll be honest with you, right now, I'd rather be the head football coach at Ole Miss than the head football coach at Auburn. And until Nick Saban and Kirby Smart uh, are gone, that's a hard job. <laughs> <laughs> well, one's got, left. one's got a lot of years left. One's got a lot of years. You go west, you can't get no players. You go uh, east, you can't get no players, and you stay home. But Alabama's gonna get eight out of ten every year. So mm-hmm. even if you beat them, they get eight out of ten. It's a hard job, man. Hey guys, we thank you as always. Uh, have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, enjoy the football games on Saturday or throughout the rest of the week. And uh, we'll gather you back up next week to uh, recap what happened over the weekend and look ahead. Thank you so much, Chuck, and thank you so much, Ellis. Thank you, Phil. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Same to you guys. Appreciate you very much. Chuck Reedy, Ellis Johnson with us here on Sports Talk. Brutally honest. We should call this segment Brutally Honest. Brutally honest as always. And we appreciate that. And we'll be back after the break. Welcome back to Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. You can reach the guys with the South Carolina Education Lottery lucky number, 888-898-2525. That's 888-898-2525. Now back to Phil, Chris, and Pat with the second hour of Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Okay, we're back with you here on Sports Talk, Sports Talk Media Network on this Wednesday night, the eve of Thanksgiving 2022. Again, we wish everybody a very happy Thanksgiving from your Sports Talk family, from all of us, Pat, Matt, Chris, myself, uh, all our affiliates, our sponsors. We all wish you a very, very happy Thanksgiving, a safe Thanksgiving. No show tomorrow night. Back with you on Friday from Dave and Buster's up in Greenville, Woodruff Road. We invite you to come by and say hello to us. So please plan to do so if you're in the area. You know, Furman used to have a bumper sticker that said, you know, we're talking so much Gamecocks and Tigers, of course, and Furman used to have a bumper sticker that said, you know, Furman, a rose between two thorns, which I thought was one of the most creative uh, bumper stickers I'd ever seen. With that in mind, we welcome in Furman coach Clay Hendricks because the uh, Paladins are headed to the FCA playoffs. They've got a noon kickoff at Paladin Stadium against Elon, and we welcome the coach in with us. Welcome in, sir. You, sir, are the rose tonight between the two thorns. It's great to have you with us. 
Well, thank you, Phil. It's great to be with you. I remember that bumper sticker. It seems like that was kind of when I was here as a player. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. But, no, it's great to be with you. Well, we thank you. Congratulations on a great year. I mean, 9-2, and two, one loss, a very competitive game at Clemson. The other loss, a competitive game at the Southern Conference champion, Sanford. I'm glad the committee recognized your overall body of work because you handled your business everywhere else. And uh, has this team overachieved, or is it when you went into the season, did you think nine, ten wins was certainly on the plate for you? Well, I don't think we've overachieved. I, th- I think we've played kind of up to what I thought we could. You know, I, I told – I saw Pete Yannity the other day, and I said, you know, Pete, I told you at media day that I thought – he asked me why I thought we'd have a good team. And I said, well, because I thought we were better at every single position, you know, and we finished better. And certainly the – you know, addition of Tyler Huff has been a phenomenal quarterback position. But I just, I just thought we had a chance to have a really good team, and we really did. I mean, we're really competitive at Clemson, and, you know, even the – you know, the game we, we lose, the Sanford game, you know, our quarterback didn't play. And we also had a, you know, major referee snafu that yeah. gave them a suspension and a, and a guy got, got, I guess, resigned. I don't know what the word was. But, you know, really since that point in time, and it, it was a, 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 you know, I'd never been part of anything like that in the game. But, but I actually thought, you know, we didn't respond like we should have after that happened. And then, but I also think we owned it, you know, after it happened because we had chances to, to get it done that day, and we didn't, and to come back, and I think we've won six straight since that time. And um, you know, I think Phil, at the end of the day, you try to as a coach, you want to. At least I do. You know, when it's all said and done, did you did you play as well as you could play? And I, I really think, by and large, you know, our team is kind of. I don't think we've maximized, but I think we've played really well. And we're playing our best football. Uh, so I'm, you know, I. We've been in 19 – this is our 19th appearance in the FCS Championship since 1982, and I've been fortunate to be a part of 17 of them. And, you know, certain teams you just feel like have a better chance to really some, – some years you think, you know, can we get in? Can we win a game? I think this chance, this team can compete with anybody. You know, and we'll have our hands full Saturday, but I, I'm certainly excited about this team. Well, you guys do have a tremendous FCS playoff history. This will be your third game coaching the Paladins in a playoff game. You won your first one, which was against Elon, 28-27 on the road back in 17. And then you lost to Wofford in the second round. And then in 19, you lost in the first round to Austin P. So I know you're anxious to get another W underneath you in the playoffs so you can move forward. What do you think are some of the, the keys when you go from regular season to playoff football? Is there – is there anything majorly different in your mind in terms of how you play the game or the emotions or the, the focus of the players? Well, I think any time you – I think any time – you know, you get to this point, everybody's pretty good. You know, every team's pretty good. I think it's about – I think college football in general is about matchups. Um, you know, and it's funny, these two teams, you know, this is a really good team we're playing. They're, I think they're built kind of like we are. They kind of believe in the same things we believe in. Uh, really good running back, really good running game. I, at the end of the day, I think it's going to come down to this game, who can run the football better. And I actually felt like that was kind of the key for us down the stretch. We played really, really well defensively, particularly against the run. And, you know, we, we've run the football effectively. And, and I don't know, you know, easily – I don't know, I thought last week maybe had our best game just offensively, just from an execution standpoint. So, I think it will come down to that. Special teams will be a big part. You know, I think – 
Yeah, we blocked nine kicks this year, which mm. leads to leads to FCS and all of that. And you know, the difference in the game at, at, in in 2017 that Elon's we blocked an extra point late in the game, um, and that really kind of been the difference in the game. So I think it'll be it'll be those things. But I, but I think the you know if you look back at the end of the day and you know probably turnover margin and who ran the football better, I think will win the game Saturday. You know, uh, Spencer Rattler at South Carolina got a lot of uh, attention for his performance on Saturday, but Tyler Huff had a pretty good day for you guys against Wofford. 21 of 22, 295 yards, two touchdowns, plus he rushed for 40 yards, and he connected on his first 16 passes. Uh, what a start for him. Is that about as good as he has been for you all season? Well, you know, he completed his first 12 against Clemson. So, you know, he's a – I think I looked the other day. He's a 70% passer for the year. You know, he missed two games or the better part of two games, you know, with, a, with an elbow injury, kind of their early early middle of the season. But, boy, he, he is – he's had a phenomenal year for us. I think just that is leadership ability, his ability to – you know, there's truly – sometimes we're truly designing it for him to run it. But he's also the guy that kind of keeps things alive. In fact, in fact Philly didn't have an incompletion. The only other one he incomplete, he threw it to Wofford. Uh, <laughs> we had we had a two-minute two drive. And, you know, we had – I think we had nine possessions in three quarters and scored eight touchdowns, which was, which was pretty good. Uh, you know, he threw it – you know, really – their guy made a good play. He made a bad decision there. But, the man, he has been uh, – he's been really solid for us and – you know, and our kids really have a lot of confidence in him and, and his ability. And I think our strength's just really been our – I think we're a pretty balanced group. You know, we can hurt you in a lot of ways throwing it and running it, and certainly when the quarterback's a threat to run it. Uh, and some of those are ad-lib plays and some of those are design plays, you know. And so I think, you know, better teams, we're going to, you know, certainly going to need to use his feet in some ways as well. And I think that will still be the plan this week. So – just how good has Ryan Miller been? He's now become your all-time leading receiver in terms of uh, touchdown receptions with 27. Looks like he'll finish fourth all-time in receptions. And, uh, I mean, his, his numbers uh, are, are really, really good this year. 60, 60-something catches, 62, I think it is. 61 for 652 yards. I mean, just how good is he? You know, he's a, a really interesting guy. You know, I'm interested to see. You know, we actually had an NFL team here today. That particular team, I'm not going to say who it was, but that particular team's been here five times this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's the it's Packers. Kind of crazy. You know, we, had, we hadn't had a guy like him. You know, he's an interesting guy because, you know, we call him a tight end. He's really more of a hybrid slot receiver type guy for us. But, you know, he's, he's, he's fast. He's explosive. You know, he's just really good with the ball in his hand. You know, he broke that record Saturday. He actually broke a record. We got played with me, graduated with me, Chas Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been playing football here since 1889, I think, or or before that. So, we've been doing it a long time. But, boy, he's been a really good player for us. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, what he's got the ability to do. I, you know, they're telling us, you know, kind of a mid-round draft pick that maybe could even go up earlier, probably based on how he does some of the workouts. But he – you know, he's just a like I said, he's an explosive guy, and, and people, you know, have to account for him. And and we're certainly going to try to find ways to try to find ways to get him the ball. All right. So as you look at this Elon team out of the CAA, um, 
how good's their football up there? Uh, and, and and what are your biggest concerns about Elon? Well, depending on who you ask, their football their football's pretty good. But you know, this whole don't even get me started on this whole selection committee and how they go about it. And, <laughs> you know, to be honest with you, to be serious with you, yeah. they may say the same thing. I don't know how we got hooked up with them in the first round. You know, suppose that we were kind of the one or two out of the uh, the top eight seed, and we ended up with a team that's ranked about as high as we are. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, you know what, Phil? Uh, I think the thing that kind of stands out there, you know, just their size. They've done a good job of collecting big bodies. Uh, probably some we don't see quite like that. You know, unless we're playing one of these FBS games. But you know, got a thousand yard rusher who was a. You know, in the world of football names, Virginia Tech transfer, the quarterbacks in the NC State, Montana State transfer, uh, big, tall, athletic kid. Um, they'd like to run it. I think they play a little bit of a slower tempo. They played really good defense, and they've been really good in the kicking game. Got a kicker, I think. I think the kicker's five of six from over 50 yards. So they've been really solid there. Uh, you know, beat some of the better teams in their league. Uh, so it'll, you know, it'll it'll certainly be a good challenge for us. But uh, but again, I just think we're we're kind of we're kind of built similarly, you know. So I think it's kind of who can come down, who can who can out execute. As I tell our team, who can out tough, you know, the other one, both mentally and physically, because we think that's a big part of who we are. Uh, so it'll it'll be a. But I, you know, I'm thrilled to be at home. You know, I hadn't been at home in a playoff game since 2005. Mm. You know, when I when I was here before and. To think, I mean, you think about this realistically, you think you're going to play. It, we would have to play five games on the road, you know, to win a national championship. And just think about that, how, how challenging that is. And we played six on the road this year. and um, But I'm thrilled to be at home, you know, and, and I think just to maybe be in our bed in our locker room will, will help a little bit. Uh, but, but, again, it'll come down to who can, who can go execute and, you know, do the things that you've done all year. Yeah. To win the national championship or get to the national championship game, then that would be a 16-game season for you if my math is right. That is correct. That no, wait, no, correct. no, more than you that because I'm not counting the home game. You're, you're talking of is it, it, is it six games? No, it, it, would be, it would be five games. We'd have to win five games. Five games which total? Would, which would put us six, 16, yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot. This is – and I tell you, you know, this is really, I think this is weeks, I always count, this is, you know, our season for an 11-game season is a 15-week season. You know, it's kind of three weeks of prep, then 11 games, and a bye week. So this is week 16 of it for us. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about 20 weeks with one bye. You know, I certainly would have loved to have gotten a, a seed, and I thought we were almost worthy of it. Um, you know, if Sanford, you know, had ability to, you know, they beat, they went in double overtime the last week. We got the share. Maybe we could have gotten that, which would have been nice. But I don't know. You know, we had a buy about three weeks ago. It came for, you know, we had played nine straight. And I think it came at a good time for us. And, uh, you know, we're pretty healthy, you know. So, I mean, we're playing pretty good. So, you know, we're ready to go. Now, what is a little bit unusual, Elon actually had a buy the last week of the season. So, I don't know, I'm a little bit of a believer in buys are good when you need one. And, uh, you know, so I, I think we're, we've had a good week of prep. I think our guys are ready to go and excited about it. And, you know, so if we're good enough to get done, we'll get it done. 
Absolutely. Well, hopefully a lot of fans will turn out for you Saturday. I, I hate this same time as the South Carolina game because I'd love to to be there, but, you know, got to be up the road there a little bit. But we'll be keeping an eye on it. And uh, good luck to you. And uh, hopefully things go well for you. Talk to you again next week about your next uh, your next round game. So good luck. That'd be great, Phil. Certainly great being with you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And seems like it was just yesterday we were sitting up there in the press box at Powell's Stadium. Yes. Uh, but that's been that's been a little while ago. So, but now we're excited, and I look forward to talking to you again. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Same here. Thank you, Phil. Yes, sir. Happy Thanksgiving, Clay Hendricks, head coach. At Furman, 16 games, man. That's Everybody says, you know, when you talk about the uh, expansion of the FBS playoffs um, and the extra games you're going to have to play, they always say, well, look at the FCS and look at Division Two, And, well, yeah, 16 games, man, that's asking a lot of these, of these guys. But I guess they're pro. Well, they're not pros at the FCS level, really. At the FBS level, you know, they're getting paid. Some are. NIL money, acting like pros, treat them like pros, I guess. But 16 games, that is, that's a lot to ask of a college football team. But that's what they have to do in the FCS to win a championship. Okay, we got recruiting coming up after the break. And we can take some more phone calls, take some more predictions. 888-898-2525. Back in a moment. In Columbia, South Carolina, the game days are our specialty. Whether you're watching the game from inside the stadium or from the big screen at your favorite local spot, the energy remains the same. Craft the perfect fall Saturday in a city where there is plenty of action on and off the field. From tubing and kayaking to Soda City to rooftop restaurants and plenty barbecue. We're ready when you are. Plan your weekend at experiencecolumbiasc.com. We're with Major Billy Downer of DNR Major. It's always a good time for folks to remember to get those licenses renewed. Doesn't matter what time of the year, it's always a season in, whether it's fishing or hunting. Make sure to check your licenses, make sure they're up to date. If you need a hunting or fishing license, you may go to www.dnr.sc.gov to purchase your license online or to any local licensed vendor in your local area. And don't forget to join us for SC Wild from DNR with Major Billy Downer on Sports Talk on the Sports Talk Media Network. Your home is where your memories live. It's where you laugh and where you love. We understand the importance of the valuables under your roof, tangible and intangible alike. So no matter what's around the corner, we'll be there, offering you and your family the support that's made Farm Bureau Insurance a trusted name for nearly 70 years. You deserve more. You deserve a promise. Learn more at scfbins.com. Call me, Alex Satterfield, at 803-749-9171 for all of your Midlands insurance needs. South Carolina's taste buds have spoken, and they're asking for beef. There are more than 7,800 farms raising cattle from pasture to plate in the Palmetto State. So whether it's steaks on the grill before the big game, sirloin medallions plated for date night, or burgers with a family, make sure beef is a part of your playbook this football season. Smoke, grilled, and slow roasted. Find the best way to enjoy your beef at seccattle.org. Beef. It's what's for dinner in South Carolina. Funded by the South Carolina Beef Council, part of the Beef Checkoff Program. 
Founders Federal Credit Union knows your life is busy and your money is important. We are proud to offer local personalized services and convenient online services like Founders Online and the Founders app. You'll love being with us as much as we love serving you. Visit RelaxJoinFounders.com or one of our 37 convenient locations to see if you qualify for membership with Founders. Relax, win with Founders. Terms and conditions apply. Founders Federal Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. Okay, we're back on Sports Talk. It's time for the recruiting report tonight, brought to you by Seawells. And for those of you watching the stream, up on the stream we have video of one of the players we'll be talking about, Yassim Willis, running back out of Montville, New Jersey. So check that out while we do recruiting. And while we tell you about Seawells, of course they are closed the rest of the week for the holiday. They deserve a break. You make plans to get back with them. First of next week for the Daily Luncheon Buffet, 11 till 2. It's only 13 bucks, And for the very best in the catering business, anytime, any place, anything that you need, big or small or in the middle, they can handle it all for you. Seawells, the very best in the catering business, at 1125 Rosewood Drive. Well, they'll come to you. Phone number 803-771-7385. So as you watch the video of running back Yassim Willis in the 24 class, 6 feet, 202 out of Montvale, New Jersey. He was at USC's camp last summer. And prior to that, he'd been offered by the Gamecocks. So they had already liked him before he came to camp. He came to camp, worked out for Shane Beamer and Montario Hardesty. They liked him any more, uh, even more. Uh, and he was at South Carolina Saturday for the Tennessee game and said he loved it. Uh, feels like it's somewhere that uh, he definitely uh, can fit in. In fact, he calls the Gamecocks his favorite right now. Uh, he said the place fits him perfectly. And he likes Monterio Hardesty. He likes um, how they use their running backs. And so South Carolina's in very good position with him right now for the 2024 class. He's also been to Rutgers for a game this season. He's also taken visits to Penn State. I think Penn State might be one the Gamecocks have to really be concerned with here. Uh, He's he, he very interested in Penn State. Uh, Syracuse also, he's been there. And um, offers include Michigan, Illinois, Virginia Tech, Duke, Kentucky, Louisville, Nebraska, and Connecticut. His season is over, and he rushed for 1,133 yards and 18 touchdowns this season. Also, USC has offered today 2023 defensive back Brock Foster, 61180 of Deval, Texas, or Del Valle, Texas. He's also an elite sprinter, so has very good speed. And uh, South Carolina ended up offering him today. All right, there you go with the recruiting for tonight. Again, the video that's running on our stream, that is of Yasim Willis, a guy South Carolina's in uh, excellent shape with at this particular time. And we'll see what eventually happens with him. And there you go with recruiting. Okay, uh, let's see, Pat. Uh, let's uh, get ourselves back. Uh, by the way, the pastor of pain, Corey Miller, will be coming up uh, momentarily at the uh, bottom of the hour break. So look forward to uh, having him with us as we uh, continue.
continue with sports talk tonight. And um, are we going back to phone calls or no? Do we have anybody else still waiting or did we lose them all? Patrick. Uh, Just us at the moment. Just us at the moment. Well, that's okay. Um, If you want to jump on board quickly, 888-898-2525 is the phone number. I'll tell you uh, basketball-wise, we'll update the the situation on the hardwood. Not good for Coastal. Down 14-4 to in the first uh, six minutes at Missouri. Miami is leading St. Francis of uh, Brooklyn, I guess it is, 37-26. Second half, Kent uh, Kent State leading the college, 42-40. Kent State is um, 5-0 on the season, so they're pretty good. Uh, Cougars are five and one, or is Kent State six and zero? Oh? I can't make it out. Uh, they're either five and zero oh and six and zero. Oh. They're undefeated, whatever the case may be. Marquette leading Georgia Tech fifty to thirty-five, and uh, let's see what else we've got here that's uh, ongoing. Uh, I think that's it. Wofford beat uh, North Greenville seventy fifty-nine. Kentucky over North Florida ninety-six fifty-six. Uh, Kansas beat NC State. All right, that's gone final. Uh, first loss for the Wolfpack, Kansas undefeated, 80-74 to that final. Winthrop defeats Eastern Michigan, 101-87. The Citadel, 72. New Orleans, 65. Okay, I think that's it for um, games of uh, local interest here on this Thanksgiving Eve of 2022. Uh, let's see if we have anything else I wanted to pass along to you, uh, notes-wise. Um, uh, Pat, have you um, – have you formulated your pick for Friday? I actually leaked my pick this morning. I was on in Florence with our great friends down there at Community Broadcasters, and I was on with the bad boy of sports in the world, the baddest boy in the baddest world of sports, Alan Smothers. He's so bad. Just being around him makes me feel bad. So he's just so bad. He's just a bad boy, bad boy of sports. And Ken Ard former lieutenant governor of the great state of South Carolina, now a talk show host there in Florence. They do a show every year, 10 years now, on um, Thanksgiving Eve. It's a four-hour extravaganza where we sit around and talk about uh, the game and and college football. Uh, Former Clemson tight end Thomas Hunter, you remember him, Pat? Uh, A walk-on at a PD academy who earned his time at Clemson. He was was there. Two gloves. Tommy Ganey came in and sat with us. Uh, Dave Baker from Community Broadcasters. Bob Schuster, the great Bob Schuster, uh, was there. Rumors of his demise uh, faults. I was happy to see. Bob Schuster was there. Anyway, kind of leaked my pick out. Have you got yours in mind yet for Friday, or are you still working on it? I do, but I probably need a little more time to explain it, so I think I'm going to just hold that in my back pocket. Hold that thought. I wonder what Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, who do you think he's going to pick? What's your best guess? I have a sneaky suspicion there, and it'll be a local team in the Midlands. <laughs> okay. He's coming up next after the break. Be right back. Okay, we continue the Parade of Stars 
here on Sports Talk on this Thanksgiving Eve 2022. We appreciate everybody for taking a few minutes out of their busy schedule to join us to talk about the, uh, the big game coming up on Saturday. It's South Carolina Clemson, Clemson, and South Carolina. We welcome in former Gamecock and New York Giants and Seattle Seahawks, I think, linebacker, Corey Miller to uh, Sports Talk. Once again, the pastor of pain ready to deliver the Sermon of Sermons on the Palmetto Bowl on Saturday. Pop, great to have you with us. Happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate everything uh, you do and uh, for taking the time to be with us. How are you tonight? Doing well. Greetings to you, Phil. And uh, that would be the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Vikings, the that's right. Smash Vikings by the Cowboys, by the way, last week. I saw that. I saw that. That was it. That yeah. was impressive. That's about as surprising as what the Gamecocks did. What were you thinking as you saw the Gamecocks <laughs> do what they did to Tennessee as you were sitting there watching that? You know, I, you, you go into that football game, nobody gave them a fighting chance. But I always look at it from a player's perspective, from a coach's perspective. Is You know, nobody in that locker room thinks that they're going to lose the game. You go prepare and you, you see things on film that you can uh, take advantage of and and you're at home. You've been undefeated at home at night at Williams Price. It's a difficult place to play. And, and you go play the ball game. And, and, you know, how things was working, I think the most surprising thing for me was how well the offense was flowing. And, uh, you know, something I've been talking with you about for weeks now, uh, about getting the ball into the hands of your playmakers in space, you know, quick passing game, using the short passing game, you know, little swing routes. I'm, I'm pretty sure I said that the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did all of those things, and and uh, you know, listen, South Carolina has players. They have dudes, man, and uh, you just got to get them in position to make those plays. And I think that's what gave Spencer a lot of comfort. Um, you could tell he was not di- he was excuse me he was different. wasn't the same person. He didn't look have that deer in headlight look that we've seen before. You know, he had a swag about him, and um, they they rock and they rock and roll. And the offensive line played well because the ball was out of his hands. Hmm. And so, you know, am I shocked that they scored a 63-piece? Absolutely. But uh, am I shocked that they won the game at home at night? I'm not because I, I looked at Tennessee, and I've been saying about them that, you know, uh, I watched the Alabama game. I watched the Georgia game. Now, this is a beatable football team. If the defense put their hands on them, you know, I have my sermon about putting their hands on those receivers, making it difficult, disrupting the timing, and tackling well in space. They did all of those things, and they had great success. So, uh, then turn it over. I mean, so am I surprised? Yes, 60 piece, but am I surprised about them winning? I'm really not because I, I saw holes in that Tennessee football team, and I felt like South Carolina had some good enough players to take advantage, especially against them on defense because the secondary of Tennessee was pretty weak. I mean, yeah. so uh, they could hold up in the passing game protection-wise. They could get some good things done. But, man, they played, I mean, what, 9 out of 10 scoring drives. I mean, one punt. Defense did its job. I mean, it was just amazing how everything just worked the way it's supposed to work. So congratulations on, on to Shane Beamer and the Gamecock football team. It was an amazing, amazing victory. Yeah, now let me ask you this. I mean, you made a good point. The offensive line played well because Rattler got rid of the ball quickly. Why mm-hmm. do you think he got rid of the ball so quickly? Was he reading things? Was he in that zone? Were receivers just running really crisp routes? getting open and getting where they were supposed to be quickly, and he was able to throw it on time? Yeah, and a lot of those were, you know, quick passing game, and that's kind of a preconceived, 
you know, ball out. You know, Jaheim Bell, line up in the backfield, swing right, get him the ball right now. Don't hesitate. Uh, you know, tight ends, you know, get him, and when he's at tight end, running around, get him the ball. I mean, those 50-50 balls, giving his wide receivers, Juice Wells most notably, uh, you know, a chance to go up and make those catches. And, you know, those slant routes, those uh, dig routes, you know, timing. Those are timing passes, ball out of the hand. So, Whatever they did, uh, they told him, hey, listen, we got to get rid of the football because Tennessee's defensive front is pretty good. They, they've been good all year long to get to the quarterback. So I think there was an emphasis there uh, to tell him, hey, get rid of the ball. Take a chance. Uh, take a chance. And I heard what Coach Beamer said, which is right. Let's be aggressive. And that's who Spencer Rattler is as a quarterback. He's a gunslinger. So giving him that freedom to say, hey, man, just put it up there. Don't be afraid to make a mistake. And I think he's been playing – uh, a lot of the season, afraid to make a mistake. You know, he was getting intercepted. He was seemed like, you know, throwing the ball behind the receivers. I've seen him run some of those same routes numerous times, mm-hmm. but he put the ball behind the guy, you know. But he was, man, he was dialed in. I mean, those balls, I mean, it was an inch, a couple of those, those passes. Field of, the defender was in great position, but the, 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 the pass was just much better. Uh, and so, you know, I think, you know, uh, Coach Satterfield deserves a ton of credit. Uh, I've been critical of him, rightfully so, but I also want to be fair when when I think he he's done an outstanding job, and last week was an outstanding job. And it's sad that people think, oh, somebody else had to be calling them plays. But if you go watch the tape, a lot of those they ran a lot of those same plays, but they just didn't execute them in the way that they should. You know, so uh, you know I tell Gamecock fans, you know, listen, man, just accept they played a great game, and hopefully we can see it consistently because that's what we're going to be looking for this weekend. All right, so now it's Clemson up there. And, you know, Clemson had a good offensive game against Miami. They came out sharp as well, went right mm-hmm. down the field, and scored a touchdown. Next possession, scored a touchdown. They scored touchdowns in three of their first four possessions, and they had some you know, 12 plays, 75 yards, nine plays, 57 yards, six plays, 27 yards after an interception. Um, and then they attacked on a couple of touchdowns late, uh, one after a fumble, one after a punt. They went uh, 86 and 36 yards. So uh, they had some. They had some drives. A 14-play drive that led to a field goal. Um, what did you think of them? And do you think you know they've turned it over? And Pat's mentioned this. Others have mentioned it. They've turned it over here a little bit. Even Dabo Sweeney's talked about the fact that they've been a little loose with the football. Um, can they fix that by Saturday? Is that going to be a factor? You think? Well, I, you know, I hope they don't. To be honest with you, but. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, these are things where, you know, you got to sometimes give the defense credit. You know, a defender coming in, making a tackle, you know, bringing in that hammer or that punch out, you know. Uh, you know, certain things that happen. Sometimes, yeah, DJ has made some errant passes. Uh, but, listen, Clemson's football team is, is a good team, okay? But when you look at the offense, we're talking about the offensive turnovers, everything is going to be about the running game. They're going to go back to last year where they beat South Carolina, what, 30 to nothing, uh, Shipley had all those yards. I mean, they didn't, they threw for less than a hundred. They they ran the football. South Carolina has struggled running, uh, stopping the run. Excuse me, the last few weeks. You know, Tennessee just didn't really try to run it. But this is going to be the game plan. I, I don't think they're going to ask CJ to try to throw it for three hundred. And you know, they're going to try to establish the line of scrimmage and run the football. And I think South Carolina, uh, they are a team that can create turnovers. They they play with great emotion. They were much better with run fits. They were much better in tackling the space. And, and I think they're going to have a great opportunity still. I mean, nobody, again, I keep saying this offense is, 
not what it uses. This is not a, a high-powered offense. It's not an offense that scares defenses. They don't have people on the outside that puts fear. South Carolina just played one of the best offenses in college football. And, and, and to what they've been doing, you give them an A-plus the way the defense plays. So, you know, listen, they, they ha- they're going to have an opportunity. I don't think the offensive line of Clemson is great in pass protection. We know they, they're going to try to uh, run DJ. That's been a big part of the offense as of the last three or four weeks. Um, so, South Carolina's going to have a chance. I, they really, really are. I think if the, the, the offense is going to be the key to being able to run the football and rest the defense and take some shots again downfield against the secondary that I think is very susceptible. So, uh, this this should be a good game. And I know it's at Clemson, but I'm, I'm kind of glad this one is at high noon, 12 o'clock. Everybody's not going to have that opportunity to get all soft up and loud mm-hmm. and crazy. You know, it's an early start. So, I found a practice early in the morning, so this is not going to be a big deal for them. I think it's a perfect storm. And, and I was thinking about this today, Corn. Mm. Offensive line versus offensive line, I give a push there. Wide receivers, you got to give the favor to South Carolina. Tight ends, I give the favor to South Carolina, even though Clemson got two decent tight ends. But I think Jaheim Bell's at a whole other level. Uh, running backs, I like. If Lord is healthy and, and CBS, I like those two running backs. Throw Juju McDowell in there. Um, defense, you got to give the credit to the defensive line. I give the front seven to uh, Clemson, but secondary South Carolina special teams, South Carolina advantage. So why are they? They should feel confident in this ball game. And Clemson has struggled all year long, and so South Carolina got a great opportunity to win this game. Yeah, last year Clemson rushed for two sixty-five. They only threw it mm-hmm. ninety-nine. You wonder if they pull out the tape and say, "Okay, here's how we will attack." But I think South Carolina's defensive front, like Tonka Hemingway, played very well. Uh, last uh, on Saturday, and you know Pickens is right there in the middle, and Birch, and uh, and Birch. I think the return of Brad Johnson to health at linebacker uh, helps them out. Now you said on our show last week, and obviously um, Clayton White listens. Uh, put those, res- put the secondary, put the defensive backs on an island, and um, I think I think I was the one who suggested Cam Smith should meet Jalen Hyatt at the bus and follow him yeah. everywhere he goes. But I think you know you you agreed with that, so. Uh, yes. Do you think South Carolina will do? You think Clayton White will do the same thing with the secondary, challenge Clemson's receivers, mano mano, and and hope that his uh, his front four guys, his front four front five guys, can put pressure on on the quarterback. And, and then of course you have to account for Uyanglale running. If you're playing man <laughs> with your back turned, right, you have to account for him as a yeah. runner when that gap opens up. Yeah, I mean my game plan would be just what you said. Listen, we're going to play eight in the box. I'm bringing my safety down. I don't think Clemson can beat them throwing the football. So what I'm going to do defensively, if I was having a conversation with Clayton White, hey, let's bring a safety in the box. We love our cornerbacks. It's like, hey, if you challenge them to go against Tennessee guys that's going to play on Sunday, that's four or three guys, listen, Clemson don't have those dudes on the outside. Man-to-man, hands-on them, play physical at the point of attack, jam them, you know, disrupt the timing. And then take away, you know, be gap sound. And the Shipley's a good back, but he, he's not a dynamic great back. So they just got to tackle well. I like what you just mentioned, the deep front of the studs up there for South Carolina. Let those linebackers fast flow, make tackles, get the guy on the ground. Just don't give up big plays, uh, you know, chunk plays in the run game. I think they're going to be okay, but you're right. Listen, challenge them. If we lose and say DJ throws for 400 and 40, then okay, you, you take that. You beat mm-hmm. us that way. But I'm going to make him beat me throwing the football. You're not going to beat me like you did last year, running for 270-something yards. That can't happen, especially on the road with the crowd. 
that, that it takes something out of you. You've got to take away the run game. That's the strongest point of the offense, and, and I think South Carolina has that ability to do that. Set the edge, and Clemson's not a big edge running team, so you don't really get too much concern about that. They don't even do a lot of the jet sweeps. They run tackle to tackle. So, you know, uh, Zach Pickens, Birch, those guys are going to have to be stout on the inside, talking him in the way, and those linebackers got to just fill the gaps and get in the right fits. They should be okay. I don't really have a fear with this defense against Clemson's offense. I really don't. I think it's going to come down against South Carolina to run the football. And keep in mind, Clemson has a backup starting at left guard. Mitchell Mays, they like him a lot, mm-hmm. but uh, the starter is out, so uh, they, they're going with the backup there. Uh, and then, you know, there's a special teams factor here, too. You know, South Carolina would like to make something happen. Didn't need it against Tennessee, but certainly they would accept some kind of big special teams play. So, with all that said, Pastor Payne, yeah. w- what you got? What's your numbers? What's it going to be? What's going to be on the scoreboard at the I, end of the I day? This, I think this is going to be a, a, a moderate scoring football game. I think it's going to be somewhere in the low 20s. I think it's going to be – you know, a 24-16, 24-17 type of ball game. I like South Carolina in this ball game. I think what happened offensively, the confidence is really high. They've heard everybody talk about the front seven of Clemson's defense. You know, but listen, that quick passing game, don't hold the ball, the screen game, quick passing game, that's going to open up the opportunity to run the ball. And I think with Lord coming in there, that's going to give them a boost of, of, of physicality running between the tackles, and South Carolina will make a big special team play. Uh, if it's Leggett running one back, a punt, Van a punt, or Leggett on the kickoff, there's going to be a big play made. Now, Clemson's been pretty good, too, as yeah. far as special team. But I South Carolina in this game because I think the offense of Clemson is, is very vulnerable. And I think South Carolina wins their eighth game. And listen, this has been a year of ending streaks. South Carolina ended the streak with A&M and Tennessee and all in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And one more, the eighth win in a row for the Clemson Tigers, which will be the longest streak in this this, this most important rivalry game. It's not going to happen. It ends on Saturdays. Gamecocks will have to win. All right. Pastor Payne on Sports Talk, we appreciate you. I hope you have a, a great Thanksgiving with the family. I know Thank you'll you. watch a lot of football. You'll probably eat a couple of turkeys or two. And uh, we will hopefully see you up there. If not, we'll talk to you next week. I'm looking forward for the victory, the victory celebration next Thursday. That's uh, victory, victory. Have a great uh, Thanksgiving, Phil. Don't eat too much. You know, you need to lose a little weight. So, you know, moderation. <laughs> everything is in moderation. And yes, sir. all you listen across the great state of South Carolina, may the Lord bless you and, and your family and uh, Clemson, Carolina, Chanticleers, and everybody else in between. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, my friend. The pastor of pain, Corey Miller, with us here on Sports Talk. And uh, he likes the Gamecocks. <clears throat> surprise, surprise. He likes the Gamecocks. I think he said along the lines of a 24-16, 24-17 kind of thing. So we uh, thank him for the visit, and uh, let's hit our final break. And uh, if you want to join us, we'll have time to squeeze in a couple of final phone calls here down the home stretch. 888-898, excuse me, 888-898-2525, South Carolina Education Lottery, lucky number, and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Pat, I'm sorry, I, I, did you, I see you, you wanted to make a quick comment uh, before the break, you want to do it after the break? I'm oh, no, I, I, had a, I had questions for Corey. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't see it. Well, uh, i tell you what, after the break, you can uh, throw your questions up in the air and we'll kick them around. 
I'm attorney Jim Corbett. I love sports, and I've helped people for over 30 years. Contact me at jim at jimcorbettattorney.com when the insurance company won't pay your claim or you have complicated issues. Some other business causes your business to lose money? Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When you lose a relative and find out you got cut out of a will or don't get what was promised. When you have serious injury, like from a wreck or mishap or on the job. Jim at jimcorbettattorney.com. When your day calls for some winning, why not watch your favorite football team at Dave & Buster's? We've got massive HDTVs and hundreds of the hottest new games. Sit from our chef-crafted cocktail menu with exclusive drinks such as the Strawberry Watermelon Margarita or Dangerous Waters. Cheer on the team with Cantina Nachos or Wings featuring one of our 12 wing flavors. When your day calls for some winning, it's time for Dave & Buster's where you can watch the games and play the games. Locations in Greenville, Columbia, and Myrtle Beach. Life, it has its ups and downs. Sometimes it's little things like hitting every red light or dropping your cell phone. Maybe it's the bills, rent, or pressure at work. But when it comes to the South Carolina Education Lottery, you should never feel like playing will solve everything. The lottery is a game. It's played for fun. So set a dollar amount. Expect not to win and make sure responsibilities, family, friends, and work come first. Visit PlayResponsiblySC.com. Touchstone Energy Cooperative members save more, more on electricity, and members save more on insurance, groceries, healthcare, restaurants, travel, concerts, and sporting events through co-op connections. Touchstone Energy is an alliance of the member-owned electric cooperatives, and as a member, the power is yours. Experience the power of co-op membership with Touchstone Energy and find out how much you can save on electricity and a whole lot more at touchstoneenergy.com. Okay, back for our final minutes here on Sports Talk. If you want to jump in real quick, 888-898-2525 is the phone number. I want to remind you from a recruiting standpoint, uh, Tyler Brown, uh, Clemson target out of Greenville High, wide receiver, is going to announce tomorrow. He's announced that he'll announce at 2 o'clock, and he'll stream it on his Instagram if you want to watch that tomorrow, along with the parade and the football and everything else and the eating if you're interested in watching uh, somebody uh, make a commitment, uh, most likely to Clemson, uh, you can watch Tyler Brown. And his um, Instagram is pretty simple, uh, at T.Y. Brown. Uh, maybe underline, at T.Y. Brown, underline. You can probably find it. So that'll be tomorrow, 2 o'clock, is the time he has set for his announcement. Uh, Pat, did you have um, – something that you wanted to comment about regarding what the uh, pastor of pain had to say well i wanted to get his opinion on something that um uh was hoping to have time to ask coach beamer yesterday but 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 there were a lot of us obviously hoping to ask questions and just going back to the tennessee game and how you replicate it so historically in sports we always we've heard the expression about the pressure typically being on the higher ranked team and then the quote-unquote underdog can typically play a bit more free because they don't have that pressure and you can essentially just let it all hang out. Well, I, I, I can't help but wonder if that played a role this past weekend. We saw suddenly the pressure of the fan base and whatnot kind of off the shoulders of, of Spencer Rattler, and he was able to just 
just go out there and ball. He was able to just just throw the ball around and do his thing. And I wanted to ask Corey if he thought that did play a role this past weekend in the big win against Tennessee, and if so, how did the Gamecocks replicate that that this weekend against Clemson? Yeah, it's a great question. I think every Gamecock fan is wondering, hoping, you know, that what they did against Tennessee can be bottled up and carried with them to the upstate. Because, uh, you know, a performance like that will certainly keep them in the ballgame against Clemson. You know, is that good enough to defeat them? Do the Tigers need to help? Do they need to turn it over some? Uh, You know, Corey made some pretty astute comments about South Carolina and how they should should play Clemson and what he expects Clemson to do. He expects Clemson to come out and try and run the football against him again and then let Uyangalale play off of that. And it makes sense to do that. But I think South Carolina's defensive front uh, did a pretty good job uh, against Tennessee. And, um, I mean, I know you say that, and as Ellis said, Ellis thought the defensive performance of the Gamecocks, and I don't want to quote him here, he said it was. he thought it was pretty fair, maybe even poor, because, you know, he cited the number of possessions that Tennessee had and the number of touchdowns, number of field goals, number of punts, and the, and the amount of yardage. He didn't necessarily view that as a, as a great outing by the defense. Um, but I thought the, the, the Gamecock defense at times did its job, and because they were getting the complimentary effort of the offense, just stopping Tennessee a time or two, whether it was a turnover or forcing a punt, gave them a chance to build a cushion you know, and and hold Tennessee off there. So I, I thought their defense did pretty well, to be quite honest with you. The numbers don't reflect that, but I thought their defense did pretty well. Um, but they, they now will face a team that will be, I think, locked in on trying to run the football after what they did last year uh, and, and then trying to hit their receivers on – uh, on slants, uh, hitting the, the tight end uh, up the seam. That's been very effective for Clemson. Slants, up the seam, and uh, tunnel screens, right? I think that's kind of what we'll see in the passing game from Clemson with an occasional shot down the field. Certainly, and, and I do expect more downfield shots early so as to try to get DJ's confidence up as well as running him early. Again, he has said to us multiple times in the post game. He likes getting hit early. He likes kind of feeling that to get the get the juices flowing. So I would expect that. And then similarly from the Gamecocks, I mean, we talked about the internal clock of a quarterback and how not that it was bad throughout the season, but it seemed daggum near perfect for Spencer Rattler this past weekend. I mean, he he seemed like he was able to get – he was very efficient with getting rid of the ball quickly. He was very good at stepping up into the pocket when he felt that outside pressure. And he's going to have to replicate that this weekend because Clemson – Wes Goodwin has been very, very aggressive these last two games with that Clemson defense, having them pin their ears back and bring pressure nearly every play. I would expect to see a lot of the same from the Clemson defense, and Rattler's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly for them to have success. Okay, let me update some basketball. College of Charleston down 69-66 to Kent State, 413 to play. Coastal Carolina down to Missouri, 45-32. They're at the half, and we have Miami leading um, St. Francis of New York, 50-32, second half. Uh, Marquette all over Georgia Tech, 76-49. That's late in that ball game. LSU leading Kansas State, 15-12, midway through the first half. Uh, Butler on top of Tennessee, 10-7, midway through the first half. Louisville leading Cincinnati, 13-12, in the first half. 
And finals, Kansas over NC State, 80-74. Winthrop over Eastern Michigan, 101-87. Wofford beat North Greenville, 70-59. Citadel over New Orleans, 72-65. Pat, have a great Thanksgiving, my friend. Enjoy your family and, and your food and your turkey. And we'll see you on Friday. Thank you. Same to you and yours. Everybody out there as well, please have a great, safe, fun Thanksgiving. Enjoy the food. Enjoy the family. And we'll see you Friday here on Sports Talk.